your ass in it to you every day. You get your ass in it to you every day. You get in it your own ass every day. Oh, you get your ass in it to you every day. You get your ass in the TV every day. You get your ass in the TV every day. You can hear the girl every day. Come on with me now. Every, every day. You can get your ass in the TV every day. You get your ass in the TV every day. You can hear the girl every day. To the Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing good, and I'm damn glad to be here. How about you? That's that's fantastic to hear. I have no complaints. Uh, another another lazy summer week in the books, my friend. Um, just a little housekeeping. No. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason uh, we are broadcasting tonight instead of last night was we had contract negotiations go until very late and we settled on a limit of 90 seconds of fish opener because it was running into the network feed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I guess all you have to do is hit fast forward three mm-hmm. times and you're in your, mm-hmm. in your uh, and you're out of the loop. You might overcook it this week, though. <laughs> you never, never try and outguess mm-hmm. old chestnut and friends. Right, so, right, right. Um, so I was in Leadville this weekend. Let me. Th- did the, did the altitude bother you when you got there? You you were not bothered by the altitude. Um. At my age, you got a lot of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Right. So, so, um, no, I wasn't bothered by the altitude. Okay. But, um, so, uh, I was with a friend, mm-hmm. and uh, this friend apparently said instead of drinking alcohol at altitude, they have this stuff in Colorado uh, called gummies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it contains. Uh, some of this thing called THC. Yes, psychoactive ingredient in uh, yeah. in in the pot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um I can uh testify that in his case instead of drinking, mm-hmm. having one of those uh gummies yep. had a similar mm-hmm. outcome for him. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And um so that's just a little pro tip. Okay. Um, uh little adventure out in mm-hmm. Leadville. But uh, mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I went there with uh, Jason, John Benson, uh, Alex Wheel, Tom Cromie, you know, all friends of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason and John came second and third in their age group, and, um, yeah. which is incredible. And Jason did it with a broken front wheel on day one. Yeah, he showed me up. Unbelievable. Um, so, uh, I, Dude, I know and he got beat and he got beat on day two by a bunch of kids. All right. So for the, for the audience, this is the Leadville mountain bike stage race. You do three days at 10,000 feet. You show up at 10,000 feet and you're going to, you're going to climb for, let's call it an hour. You're going to get on your bike and you're going to ride up from 10,000 feet to whatever, 11 something, maybe you're, so you're yeah. at altitude. If you can breathe and you can ride, you're going to do it for an hour up the mountain. Um, and now Jason, who Morris has mentioned on day two of the stage race, I think finished overall fifth or sixth. But the point is at, at age 50, he was beaten by a kid, the kid that won all three days is 30 years old. So he's clearly a pro sandbag. And so we throw his result yeah. away. And then he was beaten by a 22 year old, a 25 year old, a 22 year old, and a 25 year old. So we can, those kids are the future of mountain biking. Then Jason shows up 50, 50 years old, dusts off the bike and, and bangs out, well, whatever it is, 10,000 feet of climbing and, and nine hours of riding or six and a half hours of riding in three days. Okay. 
So this yeah. is your coach. So not only did he put the buckle buckle on you, but he backed it up on the bike, okay, as well. Yeah. Um, I'm actually uh, bi-buckled. I have <laughs> the buckle for both the three-day and the 100. <clears throat> I thought actually, about this. I thought about this a lot, and I'm disappointed you didn't wear it while you were out there. You know, I didn't want to seem overly pretentious, um, <laughs> but I did strut around. Um, like I like I have yes, one. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And, uh, you had your invisible you had your invisible buckle aura going. Yeah. Um I did get to spend a little time with Ken Clauber, C L A U B E R. And uh I would recommend guys going to YouTube and seeing a little bit about this fellow because this guy could sell ice to Eskimos. His energy Just, is awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean I, I've never hugged a man so many times in my life as this guy. And he's psych- hugged a million men. Yes, he has hugged yeah, a million men. Yeah. I'm sure uh, he's an inspiration uh, for sure. Unbelievable. So uh, I did post a couple of things on the website. One is an article about this uh, area called Powerline, and then I walked out there and I took a picture of it, just so. Yeah, doesn't do it justice. I, I know. It I, was disapp- I was disappointed. I was like, yeah, nobody's going to understand. I was like, yeah. you, you needed like a little guy up at the top or something. But if you want, you can go on YouTube and watch it and be horrified like firsthand, you know? Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's one of those things until you see somebody <laughs> in a fetal position in the shade <laughs> crying. <laughs> it's a dark place. But, uh, but speaking of the website, um, that's something I wanted to, to talk a little bit about tonight, if you don't mind. Sure. How, however far off the rails I go, mm-hmm. we need to talk about the Fed at some point. Okay. You want to well, do it we, now? Whatever you, you're running well, let's the do show, it now. Boss. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. People have been waiting all weekend to hear you talk about the Fed. Um, okay. And that's all that any, that's, that's the topic du jour. So let's start okay. there um, before you go into oh, the go website. sideways? Yes. Um, let's, I said go into the website. <laughs> so, uh, First of all, um, truth be told, um, I, I haven't had an opportunity to do a really, really deep dive on this yet because I was out west and uh, I only got bits and pieces of the press conference. Fine. But the things that are notable to me are uh, they've got the funds rate around 2.5% now, I think. Neutral. number. He's calling that neutral. And um, we're not we're not anywhere near neutral. And you're in the Larry the, you're in the Larry Summers camp, which oddly enough, I rarely find myself. <laughs> good, good. Let's leave it at I, that. But the, you know, the funny thing is, someone paid me a compliment the other day. Said, "Boy, you're as smart as Larry Summers." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, is that fuck. is that a compliment? Is it? <laughs> it, it? Well, I took it in the good nature that it was intended this week yes this week in that context yes okay so he said they're neutral which we know even by the simplest of mathematical equations even if inflation's three percent a two and a half percent funds rate is accommodative it's it's not even really Mm -hmm. neutral right Mm -hmm. and then i think i saw him say something about they saw the terminal funds rate being between three and three and a half percent. Okay. So I haven't had a chance <clears throat> to talk this through with anybody. So why don't you and I try and do it and see if we can come to a conclusion on it. Okay. So obviously you and I are in agreement that two and a half percent is not a neutral number. And is that a big deal when they've already told you they're going to continue to tighten? Not not that big a deal. But in some ways, I think he was framing a way to signal that they weren't getting ready to just start having this consecutive series of 75 basis point increases. Okay. And I do think it was part of that Zervos uh, concept accurately deployed of getting away from the forward guidance. And so we're going to be data dependent. Data. Um, so 
I can understand why the stocks rallied uh, off of that news. Uh, first of all, the sentiment was ridiculously bearish. Um, so there, any number of things could have sparked a rally. Um, having a, a brief conversation with Uncle Mark uh, and uh, Leslie today, um, I described this as a, a um, bear market rally, and Uncle Mark kind of asked me to confirm that's what I had said. And I said, yeah, I think it's a bear market rally. Um, I, I didn't go through my reasons with him. He didn't seem to be in any mood to hear my. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just, you know, it's been 40 years of being bearish. I mean, okay. he's, <laughs> in all fairness to the guy, I mean, come on. <laughs> you can't even call that a broken record. It's, it's you know, okay. But I, I, I kind of am focusing on headwinds and tailwinds. So the the headwinds are we got rising short rates. Yep. And a strong dollar, slowing economy. What what are the tailwinds? I, I you know I don't really see any. That rising uh the rising rate headwind, that do you agree that that takes a while to work its way through the system? That that I that idea or notion or atmosphere they, uh, the market doesn't react to that on Monday morning. The, the market's going to take three, six months for that to really uh, you know, so go that, through the system? Good good question. Okay. So as uh, I've seen over my career, information gets disseminated more and more quickly. So when I was trained to watch the Fed, you would assume monetary policy would take 12 to 18 months to work its way into the real economy. Now, that's not what you asked. You were, I think we're asking more about the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think those interest rate projections get priced into the stock market much more quickly than they would have done 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. Um, so I think the fact that the market has some comfort that, at least in the short run, they're not going cycle killer. That was enough to to get stuff propagated, right? But I think the, um, the behavior of the yield curve seems pretty consistent with what we've been saying. So um, if I get this right, um, help me with my math because, you know, I fuck that up all the time. Um, the two-year note closed at a 288, and the 10-year note closed at a 258. So that's give Seven. 30? Yes. Did I do that right? To give 30 points. basis points? It's a 70-point difference, isn't it? What did you say? 258? Uh, 2.88 less 2.58. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's 30, points. 30 basis yeah, points yeah, inverted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a legitimate inversion, and you only get that when the market's forecasting a recession. Some people call it a policy error. I, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think I need to give it a name. Everybody knows by now that the curve has been a great predictor of the economy. Um, but you know, for all of the talk of the amount of cash that the consumer is holding. Apparently, the savings rate has collapsed to very low levels. And once again, you know how highly I think of the GaveCal guys. I just went through their quarterly uh, uh, analysis, and um, I, I guess it's okay to say what I read. Like, I'm not copying it, but right, now right. Keep, I'm going to start it out by saying investment letters don't sell subscriptions by being bearish. Interesting. They, 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 yeah, they yeah. sell them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So these guys have gone 11 on being bearish. Not only being out of stocks, they recommend being in bonds. Wow. Now, I've yeah, never, okay. never seen this. Okay. And, you know, unlike... Uh, you know, what are they basing that? What's the? Can, do you mind share? Can you what just on 
like deep technical analysis sentiment? No, no. What, yeah. Funny you should a- ask that. If I can get my technology system going here um, and bring up uh, some of their bullet points, I'll I think take a minute and um, plug our toilet water beer. Well, we're I can't believe they I can't believe they went that route, but um, <laughs> you know I think they um, they decided that the Fed let inflation go too high for too long. Policy error. They 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 used policy error. Yeah, I don't know that they said policy. Okay, yeah, error, yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever, okay. it's terminology. That's sentiment. Right? Sure, sure, sure. But sure. they said um, if you look at money supply growth, which is basically zero, that's something Anthony Peters had mentioned uh, recently. Ages ago. Uh, yeah, um, from ages ago too. They watched them M one M two, right? Yeah, exactly. And now. Um, Fewer banks are easing lending standards, so that makes it more difficult to borrow money. Um, I suspect, and uh, I'm sure people out there can look this up pretty easily, the rally in the stock market has undone a lot of the tightening of financial conditions. So we're back to a much more neutral zone, which means the Fed is going to be in play longer. Yeah. So, and I, and I think they have a few more things uh, that um, they think that the business capex is deteriorating very quickly. Um, they think the employment situation with jobless claims heading on a more normal path is going to uh, slow things. And they, they think that the, the second half of the year's contraction is going to be worse than the first half of the year. I don't know exactly why they, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel that strongly about that, but, um, you know, it just, they're lining their ducks up for getting people to move out of, uh, equities and into much more, uh, I think they call it anti-fragile okay. assets. So terminology is just that they, they yeah, come know, up crazy. with this fantastic <laughs> so, anti-fragile, um, but, uh, I'm not surprised with the rally uh, that we've had. I was itching to buy stuff at the end of last week, and I talked to my uh, my group of guys, and uh, you know, talking me out of buying stocks. That's not that hard. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so I, I think we have to con- continue to believe. I'm going to continue to believe. You're free to do it as you please. But we're seeing nothing more than a very aggressive um, short squeeze in a bear market. And I, I, uh, I I'm going to wait it out. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I thank you, um, dude. I've I've watched these shit companies go up this week. Okay, like Carvana, Coinbase, all the junk go up twenty percent. Okay, so when they're pumping up junk stocks again, okay, right. that doesn't tell me that there's any any real substance or or like you know reason behind the, the drive higher. Um, I, I like. Thirty five hundred is my number. I'll say it. I, I don't want to see any, until I see thirty five hundred dollars. I'm not uh, thirty five hundred on the SP. I'm not going anywhere right. near it. Um, okay. And I've heard enough people say that. I've heard enough people come on. I, I mean, I hate to use an example, but I listen to Bloomberg, and they, I have enough people that come on and say, "Look, we're not doing anything. We're going to sit and wait. We're, we urge." I, I heard a lady say, "I ur- urge caution." caution. Somebody else. That's somebody it. urged caution this week, and I and I shut the radio off. Okay, it was probably only like eight forty in the morning, and I had heard enough. And before the, she. Because it's a tough interview. They're trying to get you know answers. I get it. You know, interviewing is you know an art where you really have to you know well, coddle so, your so guests. By the way, <laughs> so um, you know, I'm, I'm eating this quote special diet. Sure, right? sure, yeah, yeah. And um, so I was out west with a bunch of guys, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to. They, by the way, they were very understanding, trying to help me, but. Yeah, you know, I, I'm helpless, right? <laughs> so, so it was basically four days of breakfast, which was two slices of keto bread with oh. butter, yeah. no lunch, jeez, and then maybe a piece of chicken or a sausage. <laughs> so, so, so like I'm I'm Jones and for like a fucking meal, right? So, so Cheryl <laughs> makes me one of these 
keto pizzas, which, by the way, I got news Stop. for you. It's Stop. fucking good. It's okay. no, it's it's not because sales. you're ra- because you're ravenously hungry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you exactly. put ketchup on a piece of cardboard. You'll tell me it's delicious. <laughs> hey, it's all <laughs> a matter. Of, it's all a matter of expectation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it's you know like six thirty or six fifteen, and uh, she says so. Uh, what are you going to talk about on the show tonight? And, and she's looks at me grinning because she knows I don't talk about the show before the show. Of course. And, and um, Maddie was uh, up here. So mm-hmm. I said, well, I won't tell you about um, the show tonight, but let me tell you a little bit about last week's show. And you can see her roll her eyes because she <laughs> gives two shits about this fucking thing, right? <laughs> and um, so anyway – I, I got a little, I want to pull her chain a little bit, right? So I said, I just want you to know we got many compliments on last week's show as being the best one ever. And and mm-hmm. by the way, that is true. Okay? I know. I was stunned. And, <laughs> and and Maddie was like, oh, yeah, you were talking about that thing with EG and how bad you felt. And, and I said, exactly. And I said, you know how we got there? And, um, all of a sudden, Cheryl's eyes light up, and Manny says, "How, Dad?" And I said, "It was Liam. He has this ability to direct, and 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 it's like the the way you're able to extract this emotion out of me. It's like <laughs> I don't I don't need you to even say like what's your motivation. I just look you in the eyes and and mm-hmm. and, and it just pour my heart out to you. So I think." For the year 2022 podcast director of the year, yeah, I think I think you get a nomination. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, can we talk about the website? Was Cheryl receptive to that to that notion? That <laughs> let me let me. They say, "Why does a Jew always answer a question with a question?" It's like. What kind of response do you think you're going to get from a 62-year-old Jewish woman? Somebody said, why don't you listen to his podcast? They're good. She says, I've heard the stories. Jesus. That's oh, so funny, man. So, uh, well, thank you for cheering me up because the website thing, the website thing uh, sent me down a dark and dusty road. Ah, go on. Okay. No, I, I have to. I have to. Get this off my chest, yep. and um, if it turns into a rant, no, nope. I nope. want you to stop me. Okay, okay. no. Nope. So, uh, everyone should know by now the genesis of this podcast is you got a, a slightly older guy and a younger guy who, although different generations, kindred spirits like being together like to talk about things. Okay. And we decided to do it and invite whoever wants to come along for the ride, come along for the ride. Just know that, you know, this is not going to tell you what to do, particularly with your money, Mm -hmm. but maybe there'll be some just generic lessons along the way. And, you know, it's free. That's the big deal for, for me and Liam. It's free, okay? You're showing up. You don't like it? Turn it off. It's fine. I offend you? Tough. Bye-bye. Turn it off. Okay? Yep, it's easy. So somehow I got talked into setting up a web page. And off we went. And I post stuff up there. So just so... We're clear if legal is listening. Liam's in charge of Twitter and I'm in charge of the website. Sometimes we, you know, swing and miss. Sometimes we hit. Okay. So I just put random shit up there that I think is interesting. And once again, you know, other than our platinum subscribers, this is all free. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's hilarious. There's there's so much good yeah. stuff on there. I, I, I think I think there is. So we're up yeah. to two hundred and seventy comments. 
Now, like I said, <laughs> this is an older guy and a younger guy who ride bikes together. Okay. Right. We've got almost 120,000 downloads. We've got people saying they're getting addicted to listening. So something must be going right. I don't, I, I don't know. It's, um, yeah. um, anyway, uh, what happens web, is website, some, the somebody types in a comment, okay? And initially, I just let it go right up on the, on the board without being monitored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, at the, the advice of legal, um, actually at the request of legal, I have to monitor the comments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I dish out a lot of shit. And so my rule is, you know, I'm someone's got a gripe with me. Fair enough, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get tons and tons of comments. As I said, we've gotten 272 comments. I've posted 270 of them. Mm-hmm. The two that I didn't post, um, there wasn't anything awful about them. They were just a bit antagonistic towards other commenters mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i didn't i know the I comments yeah, yeah okay i i don't want to this into a thing mm-hmm. where people feel stupid about mm-hmm. about asking a question okay or making 100%. a comment yep but you know um something kind of hit me the wrong way on a comment that we just received and uh I'll just read part of it, or maybe all of it. We'll see. So the you want, to, you want, you want me to read it? Well, you, you, yeah, you read better than I do. Go ahead. Just so, like, you get the. I don't want you to read it and have people think that you're reading it in your tone. I'll read it. Okay, you read. I'll it. read it in a neutral tone. All right, so that I can just get the information out of here. When you're on the phone, it looks different than the desktop. So for people that can't find the comments on the phone, just scroll down through Charlie Munger and Goldman Sachs and the family photo, and then you'll get to the 270 comments. All right, here we go. This is this is the beginning of the comment. I worked at Greenwich Capital for five years, just under two for the prop desk. Morris was there, but this was before Morris ran it. As part of a primary dealer, Morris et al. got better repo borrowing rates. They enjoyed much better netting rules. LTCB gave them a practically unlimited balance sheet. They could lever up without limit. Some of the old timers were still making bets on market direction, but the desk was shifting into a group that captured carry and roll down using their repo rate slash netting slash balance sheet advantages. When Morris took over the desk, it became almost exclusively about carry and roll down. When Morris and his team from Greenwich moved to 515 Capital, they didn't get the repo rates, netting or balance sheet of a primary dealer. Same guys, same trading strategies, minus the primary dealer advantages, and they didn't last long. In retirement, Morris has lots of real estate investments, so he collects rent and he takes advantage of tax loopholes for real estate investors. Still doesn't make any market bets worth mentioning. That is the secret sauce. Special borrowing rates, special netting, special access to balance sheets, favorable tax laws. Let others take the risks. By the way, I left Greenwich after five years when a friend of mine in the 10-year club got his 10-year jacket and remarked about how many 10-year club members were doing exactly the same job as when they joined. In 10 years, most of them had advanced nada in their careers by Tim Acer. All right, so Sunday night, Tim Acer, former Greenwich Cap employee. I I don't know. Rattled. Okay, right. Exactly. Spoke spoke and provided. So. I'd like to talk about that a little bit and it's not going to be easy because I I found so much wrong about this. And in the grand scheme of things, it's all irrelevant. Okay. We're talking about something that's 20 years ago, but I'm, I'm very sensitive about my behavior in the marketplace um, clearly, I'm not sensitive to my behavior in public. <laughs> we, all, we all know that, right? Ready new listeners. <laughs> but um, there's so much wrong with this thing. And I, 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 I'd like to start backwards if, mm-hmm. in, in a way. So sure. 
when I got to Greenwich, it was a bunch. It, first of all, it took me two years to get a job there. Mm-hmm. Like I knew this is the mm-hmm. place I wanted to be. And I had to wait for an opening. And when I got in there, it I didn't was know like wow. the kid, kid in a fucking candy store. Okay? okay. Like the smartest guys, the best technology, the best compensation, the best commute. Mm. And, yeah. and uh, you know, every company's got its assholes. You know, people were people were kept in line. Like it was almost like a no asshole rule. Okay, and very early on, you could see there was such an esprit de corps. Like guys who had been there ten years, you got like a varsity Letterman's jacket. Like I saw that thing, and I'm like, I want one of those. I want to. I want to be part of that fucking club. And I still have it. It it was too big when I got it. It's still too big. But I note to self, be buried in my tenure jacket. <laughs> Amazing. And and Amazing. so the guy's comment about people doing the same job after five years. So so let's let's just split that out for a second. Okay. Sign me up. What um I don't even know what to say about this. Just so you know, Mm -hmm. we didn't have like this massive training program at Greenwich Mm -hmm. Capital. To be fair, from time to time, and and I did some of this, you grab people from the back office and you bring them to the front office and you kind of teach them. But, you know, we had the best government bond salesmen. We had the best bond traders. So... Why are you going to leave? It was the best pay structure in the business. You're playing for okay? the Yankees. All right. You're not paying. Yeah. You're not playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates with a bunch of minor leaguers. You're at yeah. the Yankees with Babe Ruth, yeah. Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle. And why would, yeah. You want to play first for the Yankees for 10 years or do you want to play for the Pirates, Mets, Expos, Dodgers, and so on? Yeah. No. You want to play so, for the fucking Yankees for 10 years. So, so this guy craps on the 10 year club, which, I mean, I think I've said this. I've certainly said this to my kids. When I look at someone's resume, like for a job, the first thing I look at is how long have they worked in a place? Mm-hmm. Two years, two years, two years, two years? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think so. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. If there's, I mean, this is an exaggeration, but if NatWest and RBS didn't fuck up Greenwich Capital, I could still be working there to this I, day. I, I believe I mean, you. I fucking loved it there. And um, so it's hard for me. I don't know who this guy is. Like he said he worked at Greenwich Capital in the prop group. I, I, I can't I can't really put together I wouldn't who, this person, to. who this person is. But um, it's not important. I would say I don't know anyone that left Greenwich Capital and went on to great success. I that's not true. Richard Axelrod, a Leslie guy. Harris. Um, Leslie Harris. Yes. Yes. I meant in a more institutional setting. I know Axelrod. Axelrod. Rich, Richard Axelrod, who I met a long time ago. Um, his father had worked at the Fed. He now is might be second in charge of more capital. Or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And wicked smart, great sense of humor. Love the guy to death. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's him yep. saying something like that. And, <laughs> and if it is, then he got me. But, um, but no, I, I don't recall many people uh, <laughs> leaving and going on to great success, especially from the prop group. You know, generally, generally. Almost without exception, the only guys that left the prop group were guys that weren't making money. Because as I've explained in the past, I was the plug figure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're costing me money, you know, don't bring me a book with a miss in it, right? That kind I mean, of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's just set that side, that aside. Let's let's talk about the the trading for a minute. That the mm-hmm. notion that we were getting better repo rates better netting rules, unlimited balance sheet, 
all we did was carry and roll down trades and then we stopped making money. Okay, well, you have to take my word on this, okay? <clears throat> but my returns were relatively consistent throughout my career. And so the job I had just before Greenwich Capital was Deutsche Bank. Oddly enough, for a good chunk of my time there, not a primary dealer. So how did we make the money? Okay. That's not the way the repo market works. There's two kinds of securities. There's general collateral and then there's specials. Okay. So general collateral is all the bonds you own that nobody wants. So they will be used for money market funds uh, as a way to earn money overnight. And then there's issues that you may happen to be short, which means you have to borrow them from someone. And then they're called specials because you want them. So they're special. And you pay a, a premium because you have to pay more for something. Okay. So the general collateral rates, the general collateral rate, whether you're primary deal or not. Mm -hmm. And the special rate is a rate set by the market. Okay. And there were plenty of people borrowing stuff that weren't primary dealers and we had to compete for them. So the notion that we had special rates, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think that's legit. Okay. Number one. Number two, we had to pay a fee to the repo desk to do the repo transactions. And then even if you assume we had a benefit of being a primary dealer, we carried the costs of our share of running the primary dealership. So it's not like we had access to a free good, you know, something of value that we didn't have to pay for. Mm -hmm. okay. So this notion of the repo rate is misunderstood. Remember how I told you people would dig through the garbage cans? Of course. After we, okay. So what we did have, okay, was we had the best analysis of the repo market on the street. And that's thanks to EG. Okay. And so we knew that shit better than anybody. We had kept our own history. We were fucking dialed into this thing because for people who have listened in the past, they know I'm trying to constantly teach people the notion of forward price, right? What's the price going to be a month from now, a year from now? And the better repo information you have, the better you can forecast what that price is going to be. So because we worked so hard at getting these this repo data, we, we had we had much better results. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's let's just throw that out before mm -hmm. I bore everyone. Okay. The All next right. thing is this notion of unlimited balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Strong. I mean, that's well. I, I I mean, I think the leverage in the market now might be greater than when we traded. So, another problem with this fellow's analysis is. Because we were attached to a primary dealer, we were monitored by the Fed, okay? So we had leverage ratios. Greenwich Capital had leverage ratios that we had to maintain. So it mm -hmm. wasn't like MB, EG, Leslie, yada, 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 were running amok at 4,000 to one leverage. Mm -hmm, we had mm -hmm. limits like everybody else. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, balance sheet was a very scarce resource. So it was a constant battle to get your hands on the balance sheet. So the notion that we had this unlimited yeah. amount of, okay, so let's just set that aside. Um, carry and roll down? I, that was one arrow in the quiver. And, and the problem for me with those things was, We used them as part 
of bigger concept trades. But the problem with carry and roll down is there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no like event date. Like mm-hmm. with futures, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to, like I told you, March, June, yep. September, right? With yep. carry and roll down, it's not like somebody says, okay, now we do carry and roll down. And in nine months, we take carry and roll down off. You, you don't know. You could put it on and three days later, something changes and it's like, you don't want to be in carry and roll down. So we would have them embedded in these trades. Okay. But, you know, that wasn't primarily what we were mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I, I, and the fact that when we left, we left Greenwich, we went to a hedge fund for six months. That didn't work out. Then we went and started 515. And I think we ran for four years and we made some money. And then the Fed had multiple years of zero rate moves. And so anybody who put their money in got all their money back with a return. We had a number of employees who received their highest bonus ever working for us. And we concluded at that point, guys could make more money elsewhere and we closed the fund. So that's my getting that off my chest. I apologize making it about me, but I was, you know, I was, I was a little offended, a little bit. I, yeah, I understand. Bit. And and for and I and I, if I have nothing nice to say, I'm not going to say it. That's what my mother told me. Um, but to go on, what's 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 the what's his point? All right, like what did he add? All right, you got 270 comments there, and 268 of them, aside from the jokes, added something where it's a legit question or like, thanks, I like this, you know. What, like there's no there's no you didn't really add like what did you bring to the conversation with that and then you're gonna go on and say in retirement Morris has lots of real estate investments so he collects so like when you start when you go to the present tense and now you're gonna tell me as the rest of the audience you're gonna tell me in retirement Morris has lots of real estate you don't know anything about what Morris has other than he's mentioned a couple of real estate investments he mentioned it's a large part of a portfolio but you don't know if he's collecting rent or anything like that he's building a multi-million dollar fucking building downtown Manhattan, okay? He doesn't have a 10-unit apartment in Coscob where he's got 10 fucking hedge fund jamokes looking for a place to buy uptown, okay? So, all right, I'm going to stop because I I have nothing nice to say about it. I'd like to focus on the 260 other people that had lovely stuff to say and who had, like, legit good questions about all the other stuff that we've done on the show for... 78 weeks and like again like the guy that wants like actionable intel i don't need to go oh, through was, the list of, you the know thing, that was the thing that kind of um that was that was really one of those things that caught my eye too about you know there was the tenure jacket thing but then there was the like he doesn't make any talk about taking any risks yeah like, listen stop. Here, here pro tip <laughs> if you're dialing in here no write this one down if if Bob Cobb's listening, Bob, I got one for your Rolodex here. If you're listening to a free podcast for stock tips, <laughs> you're in the wrong aisle. This is not mad money here, okay? We oh, made man. that abundantly clear, okay? Wow. But even if you did listen and you played like, uh, uh, if you played a portfolio the way that we've discussed, other than than the gold, unfortunately, it's yeah. it, we've, we've been we've been okay, okay? We haven't lost you a ton of money here. If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're looking for, we probably saved you some money. All right. Let no. me ask you a question because I don't want to yeah. waste any more time on that. I feel yeah. bad that you even had to defend. No, you don't need to defend yourself. But I knew when I read it again i don't want to say anything but when i get a comment late on sunday night that's a little bit like i just i gotta i gotta shoo it under the rug and move on so i you, wanted to very, ask you you're very protective ahead. you're very protective of me thank you yeah i'd like to do thank the show you. again now next week without lawsuits and stuff um i want to I, I want to do one thing since this has gone off the rails i want to defend goldman sachs a little bit okay because i had all right i got friends there and they said politely, "Look, we've we've enjoyed your show. Yeah, we love we love the show. Okay, this is quite this is 
private summertime barbecue conversation. We love the show, but like we're still a professional outfit and like you can't continue to 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 club us because of 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 the boss that's running the shop. And and to their credit and I think you would probably agree, there are still some high-end pros that work there and if you need your money managed or you need something done correctly, you might want to consider them uh despite the shenanigans of their boss who did Lollapalooza this weekend. <laughs> I, I, I'll do you I'll do you one better. Okay. Okay. Keeping in mind, what's that thing Kevin and Lena say before every show? It's like this is not considered an yep. yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. Yeah, everyone knows it. I, I I go on record saying as we speak, the best in the business. Wow. I uh, yeah. Okay. I mean okay. I, I Thank, just, right. the, so, so, just the, the best the best in the business, full stop. Okay. But that I to me, look, it's how you interpret things. And I've done a very poor job. So I've done business with them personally and professionally since 1987. So that's 35 years, right? Mm-hmm. The best. Okay. I mean, aside from the fact that Grinch Capital is a better primary dealer, but, you know, the thing for me is it's in a way it's heartbreaking because you do have this fucking clown running the place. And you know, old school, you know, the old school Goldman, that sterling reputation. You know, I would say this, and I I mean, I have no ability to back it up, but if you're an institutional client trading bonds, okay, and you call up your uh, contact at Goldman and say, look, uh, I really think I've got to understand crude oil better. Um, And I got to have, I got to have my shit together by Monday. Okay. And it's Friday at five o'clock. Okay. I'm saying Goldman's going to have a team of people working on that and he'll have a flip, you know, pitch book by Sunday night and it'll be the nuts. Okay. Maybe Morgan Stanley can do it. Maybe Jeffries can do it. I don't know. I I know Goldman can do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there it's, how do you put it? It's always easier for me to make fun of someone that's successful. Of course. Like who yep. wants to pick on a bunch of, of losers? Yep. Okay. Yep. So I, I, I think they're great. I, Hey, they're fucking tough. Right. But they're honest. Yep. And yep. they, you know, the thing about the vampire squid thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I didn't read that article cause it mm-hmm. just seemed to be, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I will, I will say, my sense is they touch every element of every financial market. You're hundred percent correct. And no, no corner the, goes the, on. The, the demand for for jobs there, so they get the 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 pick. Now, I'll be the first one to say, like I went to U of I, and I think it, other than one listener, I I thought I was really good at what I did, and. Um, you know, they didn't offer me a job. So, you know, I mean, eh. I've been, I've been told no before, right, right. but I think they're, I think they do. I think they do a really, a really good job. So yep. how's that? That was perfect. I also want to ask you, since I'm just going to go, go right to it before you have time to think about it. how much of the market stuff, how much can you see what you want to see? How, how can you, when you make your case, when you're looking for your bear case, can you just read your 13D and all your bear stuff and not talk to your brother and find that bear narrative that you want and, and convince yourself? Is that is there, a, is there an aspect of you can find what you're looking for and you can see what you're looking for rather than being able to objectively sit down and, and do it? I, I'm not sure I understand exactly the question, but let me, let me try and answer what I, th- I think I heard you say. Which is, again, I have 
an approach how I do things. I turn on the Bloomberg. I look at the yield of the two-year note, 288. Okay. All of a sudden, that sets on in motion in my mind about how the yield curve looks, what that might mean for price earnings ratios. Throughout the day, you know, I'll read, you know, the FT, zero hedge. Yes, I read zero hedge. Um, all those other things we've listed on the website, mm-hmm. Gave mm-hmm. Cal, um, Anthony Peters, and I'll try and get a day-to-day feel for the sense of which way the economy is going. And then I try and iterate back which way are we headed. Is the economy getting better? Is the economy getting worse? Is the Fed easing or is the Fed tightening? Are monetary conditions getting easier? Are they getting tighter? And I just get into this flow of which way I think the markets should head. So, you know, we've talked for a while about a lot of uncertainty. And then when I uh, heard Powell talk about, you know, inflation, 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 I'm like, they're going to fucking crush this thing. Okay. And I don't know how far the stuff moved, but um, by the way, this is, I love this. In fact, you got an email from one of our listeners who caught me making a mistake and I gave away a clue about one of the securities I bought. And um, I don't think you gave away a clue. I think you gave it away. (laughs) Well, that, that, that ish, that security, since I recommended it, it's moved 80 basis points. It's moved 80 30 year basis points. And, and that was really just going about my day thinking about where's the two-year note, Powell's talking about uh, inflation. My guys who trade the munis know I like a couple different issues. Some muni fund was getting stopped out. They sold a block of bonds. And so all of these things came together. Because you remember one of these salient points I, I keep hitting is liquidity, 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 right? You yeah. you got to be there when the opportunity presents itself, and so that's one example of of how I get this. But more generally, and this is why I think for the most part, guys who trade at home by themselves don't succeed. I, I, they probably tell themselves they are, and then they yeah, decide they don't like being well. alone. But you got <laughs> you have to have you have to talk these things out. And you have to talk them out with people that if they won't give you genuine pushback, they'll at least give you genuine questions. So the Lezer, you know, by his own admission, hurt his own career, always felt free to speak his mind. So Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever said to me, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but I've seen the look in his eye, and and I knew. Or he like, said that in other words, where he's asked yeah. a question that that says yeah. that with using different. Yeah, like yeah. are you? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but guys you know, like that are critical, man. If you have a yeah. bunch of yes men around you it's, that it's say, so "Oh good. yes, Mr. Sachs, great idea, yeah. Mr. Sachs, I I like that idea," yeah. you know. Yeah. And then you'd have uh, people like E.G. who would. What I found with him would be, um, and it's our relationship has morphed over the years, but initially, if he didn't agree, he wouldn't say he didn't agree. He would politely ask me to explain it to him again. And that way, he could get me to realize my own mistake. Interesting. That Interesting. kid's gonna make himself <laughs> some <laughs> something someday. When you he are, grows you, up, yeah. When yeah, you yeah. keep an eye on him, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I did a really shitty job answering no, the question, no, no, no. but I, I, I mean, I sit around all day. I, I love reading research. Mm-hmm. I like talking and and texting with my friends. And one of the questions is, we talk about uh, Big Ed, and it was a question of that was 
Eddie Ornstein, who I worked mm-hmm. with at Greenwich Capital. No, that was not mm-hmm. Eddie Ornstein. Um, mm-hmm. Ed's a very talented bond trader, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have many stories involving mm-hmm. Eddie O. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So now I, 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 in one of our interactions this week, I got the impression um, you don't enjoy joke time when I tell my jokes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Dude, I, by, the, I, by the way, I don't have any this week. I, 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 don't, I don't have any for you. Dude, but... <laughs> not a week has gone by where I have not only loved the jokes, but like the Monday morning text messages that other people like, dude, people love the jokes. Okay. Yeah. I just really enjoy that picture of Jay Powell sitting next to Mnuchin where Mnuchin looks like just like a complete bozo and Jay Powell sitting there with his head in his hands. Cause sometimes when you get halfway through him and I have no idea where we're going, <laughs> Sometimes I was nervous. No, dude, I told you I've gotten emails like, dude, Tom Gorman. I don't talk. This is the best man at my wedding who who I haven't I hadn't spoken to in a couple of weeks. Okay, but I get a text Monday morning. The candle and the communist. I love it. (laughs) Communist candles. Please, please, please. The audience loves it too. Okay, so so. I was. uh, Can't believe you didn't bring any material. Yeah. So did you introduce yourself as a podcast host out there when you were schmoozing with the uh, with the the people in the high country? No, I. um, God damn it! I I was. uh, (laughs) You know, out there in the flyover states, some of these people don't know about podcasts. But um, I did. I, I. So. I went with my friend to this store called Earl's where they sell this THC stuff. Okay. And there was a young lady who had tattoos from mm-hmm. head to toe and piercings. Mm-hmm. And uh, while my friend was buying stuff, uh, I was asking her some questions and mm-hmm. they had something that looked like band-aids. And I said, no way. What's, what's that for? She said, they're THC patches. Uh-huh. And I said, "Really?" You she says, "Yeah." Me. She says, "You know, anytime I go to a family get together, <laughs> I slap I slap one of these things on. Ooh. I'm stoned out of my mind. No one knows I'm high. I don't smell like marijuana." Jeez. And it's like, "Oh my lord, you got to be kidding me!" I'm sure They've her father. <laughs> her father is very proud. <laughs> okay. So anyway. Uh, we didn't go to Floyd's. I made a point of not going to Floyd's of Leadville, which is why. What's your beef with? What's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your beef with Floyd's? Floyd Landis. The, yeah. What's the, your beef with Floyd Landis? So, um, this is not a business plug. I won't. I won't yeah. mention the name. But my wife runs a charter aircraft business. Okay. okay? And uh, over the years, demand for charter aircraft has morphed. And if you want to stay busy you need to kind of go where the demand is. And so right now, the last several years, they've turned it into this company like emergency organ transplant delivery. Mm-hmm. So like two in the morning, phone rings. Mm-hmm. I got a heart in Ohio and it's got to go to Texas. We need mm-hmm. you here in 45 minutes. Okay, well, yep. okay. But before that, um, we were flying politicians around. And... This was around the time that Floyd had like got caught up in the doping and he mm-hmm. was claiming and he was innocent. And because mm-hmm. he lived in Lancaster, which is where oh, yeah. the business yep. is, we got a call saying, Hey, this guy Floyd, he's being treated unfairly. We we're hoping, you know, you'd comp him a trip out to here on the jet. And Cheryl said something to me, and I'm like, NFW. And, you know, I mean, I read the guy's book. He was like a Mennonite digging septic trenches and learned to ride his bike and went on. Mm-hmm. And and I get the doping. They all dope. Okay. It, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the life, right? That's the Except life. Yep. But the fibbing part to get, I mean, that's stealing for mm-hmm. me. And I, yep. I'm not, I, that's kind of like Nishkit. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. if you're my heating, if you're my heating oil guy, <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
That poor guy. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, go, visit, I'll go visit him. <laughs> you would too. Jesus. What do you have in store for the week? What are you What are you paying attention to before we go? All right. Give me I, five minutes of what you're paying I'm attention to. Very, very focused on the equity market this week and the fixed okay. income market. Okay. This thing going on in the curve. You know, it's just the the bond market, I I think you can have your own opinion. It just seems to know. And the way they're coming after 30-year bonds at 291, that to me tells me that this weak economy thing is for real. And the Fed is going to get the inflation rate down. And uh, it's going to exacerbate the recession. So just like I kind of bought into the Lacey Hunt, the long rates were going to come down after they went up, I'm buying into the Gave Cal thing that, you know, the economy's slowing, the CapEx is slowing, the unemployment situation starting to improve, some of the uh, logistical log jams are clearing up. Um, things are going to move slowly. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I still think we're in for a world of hurt. And we didn't even talk about the, the crypto crap. Stop. We've, we've, nah, it's crap. We don't need to do that on Monday so, night. We'll do, so. It's always next weekend. Anyway, so. you know, I'm, I, I don't feel like we did a great job tonight. So for all of those premium subscribers, uh. we're going <laughs> to comp this one. And if yeah, you're if, gonna we'll <laughs> refund you, we'll refund your your PayPal account. <laughs> and if you um, if you uh, were the guy who used to work with me and said <laughs> all those lovely things, you know, may the force be with you. Yeah. Okay. Good night, folks. We've had a lovely show this week. Um, thank you very much, my friend. As usual. Um, yeah. Dude, it bothered me this week. The market going up like that bothers me. Do ripping up on Thursday and Friday. It just. Doesn't make sure. sense. It's not doesn't sure. fit so, my doesn't fit my narrative. It's, it's a really... bear market. It's a it's Thank a bear you. market. You... Well, and it's not sexy to say that. Is that why they don't tell me nobody says that like how is is not gonna come out and be like, yeah, bear, bear market rally, see you tomorrow. No. They need No. Right. They it's like I said with the investment newsletters. Okay. We had a phrase in the in the bond market, bears don't sell bonds. Right? I remember you, know, you saying that. Yes. It's it's like yes. it's it's geared towards people. Everybody wants the market to go up. And you know, they're not turning into Kramer or mm-hmm. Becky uh Quick yep. or mm-hmm. the Money mm-hmm. Honey. Yeah. Watching them yep. go, get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they want to hear <laughs> Just like they they want to be you. they want to be Morris Sachs, August sixth, two thousand and twenty. <laughs> We're going to the moon. Happy birthday, my friend! I, oh, next time yeah. I see you, you'll be sixty. You know, gold was creeping up a little this week. I don't want to get your hopes up, <laughs> dude. Dude, you, you know, know here here's how this works. Nancy Pelosi gets shot down over Taiwan Tuesday night. World in chaos. Gold goes up. Listen to me, gold. When gold trades good, it still trades like shit. <laughs> I put that. A friend of mine's a doctor. He's got an account. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize this. He calls it his Vegas account. <laughs> awesome. Those those options are sitting in my Vegas account. I've yeah. written them down to zero. And um, understood. Yeah. yeah so. Dude, let me. Does when when Gabe Cal preaches their doomsday narrative, do, is China part of their concern? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. That's my fact, number one concern. And, and, Go. And, and, China's almost keeping me up at night. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, kudos or chapeau to you because we haven't talked about China at all, and they got some issues over there. And you know there used to be a saying when the U.S. sneezes, the world catches a cold. You know I think. There's an element of that creeping in. I mean, the Chinese economy is what a third of the U.S. economy or something. But according to their numbers, right? It's still, it's still a big deal. The housing's a disaster. The economy's slowing. 
and uh, yeah, they they got some splaining to do. So yeah, it's hard to find a lot of tailwinds, right? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think that China story is so much bigger than anyone in America hears about or wants to hear about. But like, I don't understand why Nancy Pelosi is going to Taiwan. That is a legitimate concern to me. It's saber she, rattling. Is she? Is she definitely stopping she, there the, the itinerary as of today was that she's landing in taiwan on tuesday night okay that's what they said i mean they, here we are monday night and we're talking about nancy pelosi flying to taiwan it really it's, it's a it's a legit concern to me and i'll talk i'll spend all show next week talking about china i don't uh, get if it. people I, want I, to I, but who it's gives, who gives her the fucking right to fly there dude that's like if you're China and you want to spin it, like they're gonna br- so they're gonna bring this woman, this imperial woman, like into our. They're, they're gonna fly her in with fighter jets. That's like you can make it look provocative if you want to. How would they? How about if G came in with fighter jets and landed on Long Island and said, "Here I am. I'm here to talk to the people of Long Island." You know, I, I know Long I Island and Taiwan is not a fair comparison, and I don't want to get into China now at an hour and five. But like that, to me, that's why I'm curious if it fits with Gave Cow because I don't hear a lot of those concerns talked about when we talk about the stock, the U.S. stock and bond market. Anthony talks about it. Anthony is paying attention to that stuff. There's a couple of people. Um, that I trust like Bloomberg and the current is in, in China, but there are, there are things going on over yeah, there that I think, I think, that's, I think warrant that's just, attention and concern. I, I think you're right. And okay. uh, we've, next we've week. probably done yeah. a disservice in not focusing on that more next week. Next week. We'll do a whole There's China special. Next week. Okay. Thank you very much, my friend. I will All talk right, to kill. you soon and happy, happy later. birthday. Happy Thanks. birthday, bro. All right. Be well. later. Cheers.